When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. What's up? It's your boy, the Ted Smith from the men's room. And did you know I have a podcast? Well, I do. The podcast. New episodes uploaded every Wednesday on the Odyssey app. 99.9 KISW. We return to the men's room with Miles and Thrill. An Allegiant flight was forced to make a sudden 600-foot climb to narrowly avoid colliding with a private jet, leaving an air hostess injured and passengers fearing for the lives. Uh, Jerrica Thacker, she was flying back to her home in Lexington, Kentucky from Fort Lauderdale on Sunday when the aircraft zoomed off track while at an altitude of 23,000 feet. She said that for at least 20 seconds, the aircraft shot up fast before finally stabilizing and frightening passengers initially who thought it was caused by turbulence. Right. But it was only minutes later when the pilot took to the intercom, they realized the terrifying jolt was because their airplane was on track for a nose-on-nose crash with another jet. She said it was my second time on an airplane, so I was already nervous coming into it. The pilot warned us that there would be maybe some turbulence uh, going into it. Stewardess at the time was handing out drinks right in front of me when it happened. I felt like we were going down. I held on to whatever was in front of me. I was focused in on everything to keep myself from actually having a panic attack. I thought I felt the place turn around. I'm holding my breath. It's understood that a business jet was just one mile away from the commercial plane when the pilot made the life-saving maneuver. She said one fell uh, as far as a flight attendant and hit her head. I think she also snapped her wrist. Another flight attendant... uh, told uh, Jerrica's family that if a less experienced pilot was flying the plane, the aircraft probably would have flown into the other. They'd only been in the air for about 30 minutes when this happened. Everyone screamed because it was scary. At the time, we thought it was uh, turbulence. But she says, look, I will never fly again. You don't no know matter what the problem with that is. It, it, this is just my opinion, man. And again, it goes back to the <clears throat> sometimes you don't need to know the sausage is made theory. If I'm the pilot, we did what we did. Everyone thinks it's turbulence. They've been warned there might be turbulence. Let ignorance be bliss. Let them think it was just... There's no reason for the... Ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to let you know that uh, what you perceived as turbulence, honest to God, we almost died. Seriously. We almost slammed it. Like, they don't know that. Don't tell them that. The airline gave them a $200 voucher for the flight, but as she said, mine will most likely go to waste. When I think about my vacation, I won't think of the countries I went to or the boat I was on. The first thing I think of was that plane. And how my stomach felt when it uh, when it dropped. Our question, what happened to make you say, I will never do that again? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Paula. Welcome to the men's room. Hola, gentlemen. Hola. So, um, in my middle age, uh, I wound up with, with um, a very fancy horse. Oh, and this I is had... Paula, the crazy animal lady. Like, you always seem yeah. to have at least 30 animals under your purview. 
Yes, yes. That would be me. So um, this this one actually did scare me, though. Um, so he was a very fancy horse that pissed off his very fancy rider uh, one too many times. And i basically been a trail rider and had kind of rudimentary riding skills. And this horse was trained for the Olympic events that I know you guys love. Love them. And... Yes. So, I mean, I'm sure you'll recall the one where the horse runs across the big field and jumps over the ponds and the logs and all that. Um, So that's what this horse was trained to do. And I thought it'd be fun to learn. So this 14-year-old girl named Lindsay had been his previous owner. And she trained me up on, uh, you know, giving me the basics to, to be able to go to one of these events. And she was riding at a really high level, competing with adults. And and Chester, Chester's a good guy, but he could win one day, but he didn't need to win two days in a row. So anyway, I wound up at the big, the big field, and the way they have it set up is, you know, all those logs, these are not the jumps that fall down. These are stacked logs. Um, and they have like huge stacks for the high level riders in the competition and then low, low stacks for the, the baby riders like me. But they're all like side by side. So this horse, he's trained. He wants to take the big jumps and I can barely, like I was just barely hanging on there. I had never been in an open field on a giant running horse. Like this is a horse who, if he gave an S, could have competed in the Olympics. And so I'm looking for Is that a dig at the horse? Right. He just didn't care enough? Come on, man. Yeah, if he gave an S, he would have been an Olympian. Yeah, that's right. He'd rather just mess with you. So so anyway, like, I'm using his ears like a a gun sight, and I can see his ears are kind of heading over toward the five-foot jump, and I'm wanting to go for, like, the two-and-a-half-foot jump. And, and, you know, he's running. There's so little I could do. And when, when you go over a lot of those jumps, you don't even see, like, if it's a cliff on the other side. You, you know, it's, it's scary. And you're, when that horse goes up in the air, you're way, way, like, I don't know, 20 feet up or something. And I'd pop off his back every time at the crest of the jump. And then I'd fall back down onto his back. And, you know, before he hit the ground. And somehow we stayed together. We got through all that. I think he he was a good horse when he knew you didn't really know what you were doing. And he'd carry your butt through. Uh, but, man, like, I was, I started out shaking. I'm shaking now just talking to you. So I guess you're never going to do that again. I, you know, probably not. No, okay. I mean. <laughs> I don't think you should. No, based on the way you describe I don't. It. I don't have a plan in my life to ever get on a horse again. I don't know what the circumstances would be. I don't care if I'm on a horse, but not a horse like that. Like the only times I've been on a horse, like it's walking, and that right. is the extent. Well, no, I've, I've been on a horse that's running, and it's it's terrifying. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I had, a, do I had an older horse. My uh, my buddy Chad, his grandmother had uh, two horses on her farm. One was older, one was younger. So she had just gotten the younger horse. Chad was more experienced rider than I was, mm. so he's going to take that horse and kind of the, the horse was already broken, but he's going to ride yeah. that one. I took the older one. Well, when the when the when the young guy took off, old one kept up. Oh yes, and I mean I did not <laughs> yeah. know that that horse had those wheels until it was was running with a buddy, 
and it was absolutely terrifying to me. It was. Yeah, yeah I would think that's, so. That's the thing. It, they'll just take off with you. Um, and also, like this horse in a big field um, all by himself, that's a situation where a horse might take off, you know, mm-hmm. at a dead run. And, and it, yeah, it was, I, I wouldn't do, I mean, I guess if I spent a bunch of time practicing and, I mean, the horse is like 87 years old now in, in horse shoes. So okay. All right, Paula, I, let me ask you this. You said the horse's name was Chester. Yeah, still is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, is there a difference in the mindset of people that do equestrian things like you did versus the horses that do horse racing, right? Because I've never heard the Kentucky Derby where they're like, here's Chester. They have like those big, long, well, stupid names, American Ferris. So like... They all have uh, they all have barn names, uh, racehorses too. Generally, they have a, like a reasonable name. Really, and then their their registered name will be something fancy. So this uh, is like a celebrity changing their name. Like this is my stage name, but when I'm when I'm hanging with the fellas I know at the barn, they they call me Chuck. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes the registered name might uh, include like a, a name of their ancestor and then some whimsical thing that, you know, somebody, their owner thought up and then some other thing yeah. besides that. Okay, I didn't realize that. Oh, they, me, Paul, I didn't know Paul, that they were stage names. That's kind of yeah, interesting. Paul, I, done, I, I did uh, Dirty Big Dummy. I did nothing but horse names. Right. And, you know, Ride Me Wrong. Ooh, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. All, there's all kinds of horse names. I, was saying, I thought that was their actual name. So it is good to know. No, no, that's just mm-hmm. a stage name for race. And one other question for you, Paul, because you've dealt with lots of different animals. Is there a type of animal that you would never deal with again, whether it's an emu, crocodile, you name it. No, actually, one of my greatest regrets is they ran through three emu at the Enumclaw auction, and they went for $25 a piece, adult emus. I could have raised my hand, and that would have been an experience, and I did not do it. So, you know, I don't think I need to mess with a wild boar. Okay. Okay. All that's right. fair. Right. I think well, that's probably. Also, I mean, it sounds like they were giving away those emus. Twenty five dollars for an emu. I'll take three of them. Yeah. What's up? What happened to make you say I'll never do that again? Two zero six eight zero three rock. Hello, Terrell. Welcome to the men's room. Oh. Uh, oh. Okay. So when I went to high school back home, it was a little different. It was it was segregated, but not by race. It was just where you're from. It was like territorial. Like West Side, East Side, all that stuff? Exactly. So we had our territory at the high school, and this guy I knew, we went, we had a couple classes together. He worked at Walgreens, so he stole cartons of cigarettes, fifths of bottles and everything. So he was pretty popular at the high school. <laughs> so he goes to go make a transaction in our area. And I'm like, look, check it out. I respect your hustle, but don't do it over here. We already got enough going on. He's like, all right, you know, so he left. And then he does it again. And at this point, I'm like, look, we already have enough attention. I'm warning you. Like, I like you, kid. Don't do it again. Well, like baseball, he does it again. So at this point, I take everything. I take three cartons of cigarettes, a fifth of Hennessy, a fifth of 151, and a fifth of Absolute. So now it's Friday. I'm going to have a ball. I decided to drink the 151 because I've never had that before. And I've never drank it again. <laughs> Probably a pretty good idea. I didn't I didn't realize that even when I opened the bottle, it had a 
It wasn't normal. It had a grate at the top. There's a metal grate with holes in it. I didn't know. Whatever. So we're drinking You didn't it. take that as a warning? No, not at all. I was only 16. Ah, okay. Well, the thing is about 151, when you cut it with anything else, it doesn't taste as strong. So when you make punch with it, when you make grape juice, yeah. with it, any of that stuff, I mean, yeah, it's got a kick to it, but you wouldn't think it could be vodka. It could be anything. You don't know. Yeah, I didn't know. So I drank it, and I drank it, and then the next morning came. <laughs> I, I, I blacked out halfway through the night. My body kept going. My mind shut down. And I wake up the next morning, and my friends tell me, like, do you know what you did? I'm like, absolutely not. But I'm holding on to this bottle of 151. Like, I just won't let it go for some reason. I tried to do the most. I tried to drive. I think I hit a car. I hit uh, I hit a mail post. And then, yeah, things just went far wrong really, really quickly. And uh, I just never touched itself again. You made the right decision, mm-hmm. man. Look, I had never heard of it. And uh, early in my dream, I wasn't 16. I was maybe... 20. I wasn't quite old enough to be at this bar, but they didn't know that, so they still served, right? But uh, they did, it was called a 252. And when you're young and you don't know, you're like, all right. So it turns out it was Wild Turkey 101 and 151. And that's it. But again, when you don't really know what you're doing, you're like, bring it on. So I don't remember how many shots I did. I know I broke the record was the whole thing. Uh, How many you could do in an hour. I remember maybe the first 20 minutes of this experience, but much like you, at some point, my body kept going. My mind absolutely blacked out. But, you know, when you're young, man, you, you rally. So I'm back at the bar the next night, and it's mostly regulars. And everyone kept saying, dude, are you all right? It was like 24 hours later. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I woke up, a bit of a hangover. I mean, I'm probably still drunk, but hangover, whatever, man, I was fine. And they're like, it, it was bad last night. I'm like, well, I remember falling off the bar stool once. And when I said that, everyone in this bar went, once? They're like, dude, you couldn't stay on the bar stool. Apparently, I dropped my pants. So I was playing pool, dropped my pants, put my junk in the hole, and challenged the guy to try to knock the ball around it. And the guy went, and look, I don't remember any of this, but this was corroborated by every single person. And much like you, I have not touched 151 or Wild Turkey 101 since mm-hmm. then. I've had a lot of other stuff, but man, I just I won't do it. Wild Turkey shows up once in a while, but 151, I'm with you. Don't, just don't. Mine's don't absent. I, but it I just don't feel. Absolute, I just don't feel good the next day, and it doesn't even taste good. It doesn't no, taste good it, enough. It to sits warrant. on my mouth, so everything else yeah. that I drink after that, it just tastes like absinthe. Anything I, I do eat. like it, really. Yeah, but you got to absinthe is you got to be. You know what I mean? That's like you're sitting around. You either have a couple cocktails with absinthe in it, mm-hmm. or you just have a couple absinths. It's not like it's not like drinking beers and being like, "Hey, should we throw in a shot of whiskey?" Sure. I mean, that, so that's it's a little manageable. tougher. Yeah. I uh, I did not realize that when absinthe kind of made its comeback, or at least got legal in Washington State, whatever it was. We all went to a place downtown called was it Oliver's? Yes, I believe. Yep. Okay, so yep. Oliver's. Patrick hooked us up, right? And our buddy Patrick, this guy, he's one of the best bartenders just in general. But if you order any mixed cocktail, this guy is so dedicated to the history of booze. As he's making your cocktail. He talks to you the whole time, and he'll say, "Correct, you know, this started in 1397." Right. Gives you the whole history. He really, and it's, it's fascinating stuff. And in the end, you get a really good cocktail. So we're doing the absinthe thing, and he's explaining the process and dumping the water over the sugar cube. We were there with Hair Club, and Hair Club insisted that we start with two absinths, however you make that plural, and we did. And before we drink anything else, I remember Hair Club looked at me; his eyes are now kind of red. We just started our night. Mm-hmm. He goes, 
I don't think we should have started with this. I'm like, I think you no, might that be stuff right. Is it doesn't even taste good. You're right. The rest of the day, everything tastes like absinthe. One time, what happened to make you say, I'll never do that again? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the men's room. Hey, what's up, guys? Hola. Okay, so we took our kids on a cruise to the Western Caribbean, to Grand Cayman, Jamaica, and Cozumel. How old are your kids? And uh, my kids were 10, 12, 14, and 16. Damn. Okay. And, yeah, I'm a big Mormon family from Utah, you know? That actually sounds like a small Mormon family from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyway, we have, yeah, half the kids people normally have. But anyway... So we were at the Grand Cayman uh, Resort, and uh, we wanted to swim out to the floating trampoline. And so two of my kids were like, all right, let's go. So we swam out. It was, I don't know, 50 feet maybe. It was a ways. And we swam out, jumped on the trampoline for a while, and then the wind started to pick up. And so we're like, we better get back. But it had shifted the trampoline to about twice the distance, and we were swimming against the, the wind now. And my kids are pretty good swimmers. I mean, it was just my two boys, my 10 and 12-year-old. So we started swimming back. And about halfway back, my son says, Dad, I don't think I'm going to make it. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, uh, we didn't have life jackets. And I and my other son, we were struggling a little bit, too. And I was just like, how am I going to? I mean, I was really nervous. Now, so like, what what honestly know? goes through your head, man? These are your kids, you know, and they're, they're yeah. opening up to you. The dad, I'm going to die out here today. It's basically what he's telling you. Yeah, and my wife was on the beach, and she's watching us swim back, and she was starting to panic because she could see that we were having a hard time, and she was about ready to come in from, you know, the beach and save us. And yeah, that's what I would have told my wife, too, yeah. Save me! I was just getting her to go out there, babe. <laughs> but then, so... Part of me was like, she told me I shouldn't do it. I should bring a life jacket. And so I was trying to not, I don't know, succumb to You don't her. have to explain it. Even mm -hmm. even in a panic-strewn time, you don't want to prove your wife right. Right, right. So we made it back. I mean, we made it back and we were okay. But everybody still talks about it. Remember when you almost drowned your kids? <laughs> so I will never do that again. I will bring a life jacket. That, that's yeah. a good call, dude. Yep, absolutely. That is a yeah. good... How did that's you terrifying. Do, you said your kids are struggling. How were you doing before they I, brought I mean, this to your attention? I was I was okay. I mean, I'm a decent swimmer. I'm not like Michael Phelps, but I can swim okay. But I just didn't know how I was going to take both of my kids and then tread water the rest of 50, 50, 50 feet back. I don't know. Were you already debating which one you're going to save? Well, I didn't know <laughs> if I should go back to the trampoline and then call for help. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. that would have been my move. Mm -hmm. That would have been my move, man. Our question would happen to make you say, I will never do that again. 206-803-ROCK. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If 
anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 99.9 KISW. The men's room returns with Miles and Thrill. Who's next last on the way right after emails and our question, what happened to make you say, I'll never do that again? 206-803-ROCK. We all know Jennifer Coolidge. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. She became a fan favorite during her two seasons as uh, Tanya on the White Lotus. Uh, more so than that, if you're into some of the old school mockumentaries back in the day. She, she was great. Popped yeah. up on a lot of those. And uh, though her character tragically died in the season two finale, she went out with a bang, shooting her killers before falling off the boat herself. Now in a conversation with uh, Jeremy Allen White as part of Variety's Actors on Actors series, where actors interview other actors. Coolidge, uh, she reflected on her character's demise and how freaked out she is by boats now. It is the scariest thing to be on a boat. I'm never getting on a boat again, she said. She said she was particularly creeped out because they shot the show in order. So she really had bonded with her co-stars before their demise. Mm -hmm. It felt very real. I really did like killing them all, she explained. <laughs> uh, she also revealed that the show's creator, Mike White, told her at the start of the season that Tanya would have a horrible ending. But he said it more like, I'm sorry, Jennifer, but you're going to have to die. Our question, what happened to make you say, I'll never do that again? 206-803-ROCK. Uh, here's one from the text line where I completely understand where they're coming from, but I do feel like if this opportunity arises, I would ignore it. And they say, I won't have sex on the beach again. It seems like it would be fun, but sand gets everywhere, and it's hard to get in a position for it to be any kind of fun. Like, you're right. You're absolutely right. But I'm on the beach, and the person with me wants to have sex. Like, I'm going to have sex on the beach. Yeah, it's just no, no, like no, no, I'll no. complain it's the same about way it with later. hot tubs. It's not ideal, yeah. but because hot tubs you're in water, but it dries everything out. Well, it's rinsing away all of your natural lubricants, so to Correct. speak. Correct, and it's always like, oh, it's sexy in a hot tub. Like, you know me, I'll hot tub with anybody. I don't care. But like, I've done it a few times. With it's just like, yeah. How many times have you tried to like master it in a hot tub before you finally say, you know what? Let's just get out of the hot tub, still have sex. Hey, three. Yeah, I was that with the sex in the shower, right? Growing up, it always seemed like such a hot, wonderful thing, and you do it in the same thing. The water's rinsing away everything. There's not as much room in the shower as there are in movies. You realize, like, your average home bathroom, like, th this isn't working. Now, jacuzzi, mm -hmm. jetic tub, I approve. Shower, oh, yeah. no problem. Really? Yeah. Ah, it's just too cramped, man. I don't know. Again, like I said, if the opportunity arises, yes, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah, right. It's just one of those things like, yeah, I don't want to have sex on the beach or in the shower. But if it's like, let's have sex. Okay. Hot tubs also Game are on. just better naked. Like, it doesn't have to be a sexual thing. Like, I, 
And truthfully, I've done it with other buddies, too. It's just like, eh, who cares? Yeah, but naked. Why not, man? What happened to make you say I'll never do that again? 206-803-ROCK. That's when you call it the spa. Yeah, just give it a different name. I'm not name. naked hot tubbing with my friends. We're having a spa. We're at the spa, yeah. Mike was there. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Nicholas. <laughs> Welcome to the men's room. Hello. Hola. Hola, Hola. Hola, Nicholas. So, um, I'll get down to it. Uh, about uh, many years ago, I was a bunch of friends at a friend of mine's girlfriend's house. Everybody was going to go home for the night. I didn't want to go home, so I stayed there. And, uh, yeah, so talking and everything, man, being man, woman, being woman, she wanted to um, have a little fun. And me being a good guy, which, you know, I changed that, but me being a good guy, I said no. Because, you know, this is my friend's girlfriend, good friend of mine. And um, later I told him about it, and he just looked at me like, why didn't you? So anytime that ever comes up, and I've done this uh, many times, is anyone wants to have a little fun, I'm going to have a little fun. <laughs> okay. Never doing it again. Never do that again. You know, I've, no. I've been there, yeah. and, and it's... The situation was not the same as yours, but for whatever reason, turned down sex. It was a good-looking chick. You know, neither of us had strings. For whatever reason, just like now, it's just, for whatever reason, this isn't the right thing. And I mean, within an hour, I'm like, why? Why did it? Right? It's an hour yeah, later. Yeah. And I, I cannot justify why I just did that. And people, you know, like you would say, your buddies look at you like, oh, man, that's... That's a pretty tough thing. Like, I'm not looking for your approval. I just turned on getting laid. Mm -hmm. And I cannot justify in my head why I just did that. That is so stupid. If you have a chance. Yeah. I mean, that's just one of the, oh, man. It's, it's like when, when I missed Tom Petty when he came around. And then he died before uh -huh. the next tour. So it's like, look, man, if you can make it happen and the opportunity presents itself, go do that. Right. Especially when it comes to anything that you've never done before, whether it's two women or whatever the deal is at the same time. Did you ever turn down a menage a No, but I think that I was in situations where it could have gone down if I just would have little bit, been a little bit more... Uh, no, why didn't you? Or I, is it in retrospect? Retrospect. That after I, I found out after the after the fact that it could have happened, yeah. But I had no idea at the time that it could. Doesn't that weigh on you? Yeah, it, so, just, it weighs on you. Like you're looking back at a situation why, why, and it seems obvious yeah. to you now, and you're like, "Oh my god!" It's like the person who uh, tells you a year later when you see him, like your friend, that they had a crush on you the entire time. Oh, that actually pissed me off. And you're like, "Hey, man, if I just would have known, we could have gotten out on a date or something." Yeah, yeah or. I had no idea. But by that point, have you ever had the one where you're in a different relationship or whatever? Yeah, I had the one where you wait. I just waited too long, and then they were like, yeah, like I just started seeing somebody. I wait, you, like, I was kind of waiting for you. We worked together. She was like, you could have asked me out like two months ago. It's like, yep. Okay. That's fair, though. She was like, God, David, why? Why? What happened to make you say, I will never do that again? 206 803 Rock. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the men's room. How are you guys doing today? Hola. Doing great, Jim. Thanks, man. Hey, man, a um, 4th of July party where everybody's blowing off fireworks. Of course. I was with a bunch of friends. Uh, their family has a farm right at the base of Mount Si, right on the river. And uh, we're we're lighting, lighting fireworks off and uh, had a big bag of M80s. And a buddy of mine, the fuse fell out of an M80. So we get this bright idea to put take a fuse out of a firecracker and put it in the M80. And it's his M80, so he's holding it. And he's cocked back behind his head. And I've got a Bic lighter, and I go, okay, when I light it, just throw it. And all I did was flick the Bic, and it was all over. That thing blew up. And oh, it, opened up his, it opened up his index finger all the way to the bone, all the way up to his palm. 
and blew his thumb open from the end of his thumb all the way to his palm. Oh, man. Oh, I mean, it was just brutal and blood everywhere. So, so I guess uh, uh, that ends the uh, the night? Well, it continues because where the Snoqualmie uh, Casino is now, there used to be a hospital. So we <laughs> raced from the farm up to the hospital. And, you know, that uh, red, uh, I'll call it like mercure chrome. It uh, sterilizes stuff they put on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like red stuff on you. They dunk his whole hand into a bowl of that red stuff. And I watch this dude turn turn white. He goes pale. And, I mean, you talk about sweat rolling off his forehead. <laughs> Is it? Does that, stuff, does that stuff hurt, I guess? Oh, my God, it hurts. It's like okay. battery acid on, the, on an open wound. Oh, I've never had it. So yeah, I haven't either. That's why I asked. I don't know. And they walk, they walk out of the room. This goes for like three or four or five minutes. And then, then they finally come in with the Novocaine and uh, start sticking his fingers, getting ready to sew everything back together. So uh, that, that was the last time I ever lit a firework. I, never, well, I don't have any part of it. I had, a, I had a Roman candle blow up in my hand when I was about 10 years old. Yeah. And that freaked me out because the numbing sensation went up to my elbow. Sure. It felt like my whole hand and arm were in shock. I did not have any superficial wounds. But it just backed up on itself, and then it blew out both ends. So it's supposed to shoot out one side. Right. So one of the goo balls hit my foot. I uh, basically caught my shoe on fire because it's just like this <laughs> liquid fireball. Uh, and at that point in time, I realized, look, I will go and watch you blow up stuff in the backyard. But as far as the bigger stuff is concerned, I have no interest in getting close to it. Yeah, I don't need to be close. And for me, the joy is watching them. Exactly. Did you exactly. see there was a video of a guy last week. I believe he was in England. And he wanted to shoot off a bottle rocket, I think is what it was. But it ended up not being a bottle rocket. It was a firework. <clears throat> and the idea was he was going to launch it out of his mouth. Obviously, it's a stupid idea. <laughs> and I just saw the stills from it. But something backfired. So he has this big tube in his mouth. He thinks he's going to launch it forward. But all the flames, you know, like a rocket, mm -hmm. they're shooting Shoot down right while the rocket's going up. So that's exactly what it did. But it showed this picture. And, like, one second you see him well, with the tube in his mouth. The next picture, his head is completely engulfed in flames as it's raging out of this tube the next picture there's no fire coming out of the tube but his head is still on fire so he survived the whole thing but it's just one of these drunken stupid Jesus. things like man don't be clever with fireworks yeah we did it with a firecracker once in baltimore we had like been hanging out all day and like they're usually strung together yeah this one was just on its own and same thing like lit it and before i like it just i didn't realize how short the fuse was same just thing boom. Mm -hmm. right it's like my ears are ringing i didn't blow off a finger but they were all black and everything so that's that's kind of i'm like I'm, it's been 20-some years, and I'm still like, yeah. I'm with my yeah, I'll watch. I love yep. fireworks. I love watching them. I don't want to be anywhere close to lighting them. Yeah. Yep. What happened to make you say, I'll never do that again? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Walter. Welcome to the men's room. Oh, uh, hello. Hola. Hola. Uh, I, uh... What? Yeah, yeah we're here, man. Go, go, go ahead, bro. Oh, I uh, broke my foot one day. Day while jumping off a bridge during the summertime. How high up was the bridge? Uh, with the bridge going across the river up to Green River Community College. Oh, yeah. How high is the bridge, would you say? Uh, 20, 30 feet. Okay. okay. Did, did you break your leg based on the angle that you hit the water, I guess? Uh, yeah. Me and my friends were doing it all summer, but I guess I jumped in the wrong place in the shallow end of the river. And, uh, that is the wrong yeah, place. My foot. By hitting the bottom. Uh, yeah. 
Damn. Okay. Uh, don't ever jump off a bridge again. We used to bridge jump, didn't you? Oh, yeah. All the time. How high up was your bridge? About. Ooh, it was high. It was uh, way too high. I, I, can, I can look and see the height of it. I can... I, I'll say 60 feet, 70 feet. Damn. Yeah, it was... It was. I mean, we, we did it all the time, but, it, but at the time, it seemed normal. Right. If that's what you do, you don't know. But then your buddy scalp himself? Yeah, on the same bridge. To, yeah. yeah. I see what the height of this bad boy is. Let's see. It is... That's the wrong one. Yeah, the wrong bridge. Oh, there's two. With the same name? Yes. Probably the original one and then the new one. Mm-hmm. That's At least Ed Junior yeah, or something. Exactly what, it is. Mm-hmm. what is the uh, road that goes 79? Yeah, jumping off stuff. I mean, that's how you got to be careful diving into water where you don't know the depth. Too. Yep, you hear about I mean, it all the time, man. Right. Lakes, whatever. People like hitting their forehead, paralyzing themselves, all that kind of thing. Yeah, and also when you jump, there's a way you can kind of like, once you hit the water, kind of move your body so your your like your butt will hit. Yeah. But yeah, you dive in. I mean, that is just... Yeah, diving is not... Mm-hmm. That, that's not something I need We'd to also do. climb up these trusses and then walk across the top and jump off this bridge. This was the lower bridge. All right. But then there was a highway bridge where you could get underneath it and you'd drop basically from a catwalk that was underneath the highway bridge. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got it. And that was the one where the problem is you had to... There were still trusses that you fell between. <sighs> so that was the crazy part was just yeah. making sure you didn't hit an I-beam when you are On the way down. You had to find that hole and then kind of jump through that hole. And then you had another 20 feet before you hit the water. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. What, uh, what happened to make you say, I'll never do that again, 206-803-ROCK? Oh, I'm just reading a text here. It says, my brother told me not to put bottle rockets in my pocket facing down. He also told me not to light bottle rockets out of my hand. 20 bottle rockets went off in my pocket. Second degree burns on my thigh. I yeah, dude, that's that's bad, man. Hello, Marshall. Welcome to the men's room. Hola, bitchola. Hola. I uh, my story kind of goes to what uh, what you guys were saying a little bit ago. Years and years ago, uh, I had received as a gift tickets to go see uh, go see Lincoln Park, and uh, my uh, my ex wife called me and said, "Hey, did you hear about Chester? This is in July, of course, and they're coming in October." And I said, no, what? And she said, uh, he just died. And uh, so ever since then, I've made it a, a mission in my life to go see the bands that I want to go see in concert live whenever possible. I think you have to because, you know, it's one thing. we You talk about certain artists that will bring up like Elton John or Rod Stewart. You can look at them and recognize, all right, mm-hmm. they're getting up there in age. This is just a matter of time. There's a chance they'll even retire before they drop dead. Chester, you did not see coming. Chris Cornell, you did not see coming. Right? There's a lot of these guys yeah. that have died. And you just don't know. No, you don't. You know, you don't. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. If you have the chance to see a band that you want mm-hmm. to see, yep. just do it because who the hell knows? I'll, I'll tell you this right now. The uh, the Stone Temple Pilots tour, when he was, when he was uh, fronting that band, we had an opportunity for listeners to do a meet and greet at the Paramount Theater. Where they oh, were that's playing. right. So uh, one of my buddies really, really wanted to go. He was a huge Lincoln Park fan. He grew up on Stone Temple Pilots. He's from San Diego, so he saw okay. them growing up when they were playing in clubs and everything else. So pretty good history as far as that was one of his first favorite bands. And he also loved Lincoln Park, and it just so happened that those two things right. kind of came together in a weird way. So I, they, they went and did Soundcheck, which was maybe two or three songs. This might be the gig where Steve Miggs... No, that, that was White River. This, that was, that was, was White River, that, that, yeah. was, that was a different show. But either way, so we had some of our staff down there, and they played like two or three songs to just warm up and give them kind of a little private performance. Sure, of course. Then... Chester and those guys, uh, Robert, they sat on the edge of uh, basically the stage, jumped down, 
and talked to people for like 45 minutes. That's cool, man. They just walked around. I mean, my buddy asked him a million questions. He loved the conversation. He was, you know, uh, Chester's girlfriend or wife was there at the time. So oh, she right, was, right. Yeah. She was in town. Uh, everybody was just, it was like, it was kind of a family thing with roadies coming up. There was food to eat. You know, it, he said it was one of the coolest experiences as far as Good, the man. music world. He's seen lots of shows. He'd been backstage. He'd done all kinds of right. things. The backstage is not what people it is think not, it is. But this was, he, he said it was just, you know, he, he was incredibly grateful about for the radio stations. Like, it was one of the greatest nights of my life. Right? Really? Like, yeah, we didn't know all that good stuff would happen. The show kicked ass. I think we were on the air at the time. They were doing the, the sound check and the meet and greet and all that, that stuff. That makes sense. There is a lot of cool stuff backstage, though, too. No, there is some cool stuff backstage. I think people just picture it different. There's some yeah. cool stuff, and you know you're kind of on the inside of things, but it's not quite, it's not always quite as wild. I think the age of the band dictates a lot of what happens backstage. Because years ago, there was that band Airborne. Mm-hmm. And the way they were in their young 20s, man, they're from Australia, so they very clearly were kind of new to the game because you wanted to hang out backstage with them. Right. Because they are thrown down. And then there's other bands, you know, something like Alice in Chains, like, hey, man, we've been around the block. You know, he, he's warming up his voice. They're limbering up their fingers, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, drinking water and all that kind of thing. But I think the younger you are, the more fun you're probably going to have backstage with the band. And I'm not saying, I'll, the band I'm not saying I'll never do it again, but as far as the bands that I like to see... Um, if the show starts at 9, 9.15, mm-hmm. if it's a Climate Pledge show, if it's a White River show, something of that nature, yes, I will go to that show. If there is a band that I really want to see and Castle will say, well, uh, there's two bands before them, they're going on a little bit after 10. Right. It's like, ah, ah so they start at 10, huh? Right. Uh, I mean, as you get older, it depends. Just, I mean, it really depends on how badly I want to see this band. I mean, but it, the time starts to, to tick in for me. I would too. say I got a little, I got a little pissy in Texas. <laughs> it's just given our industry, yeah, right. So it, there's a this giant country concert. It's free the night before, so we go in there. It's already running super late. John Party's the main guy. He's super late getting out there, and then the first half of his set is just. Not one of the major hits. Okay. And I'm just looking at my buddy. I'm going, and he's like, it's great to be back in Texas. And I just, I'm like, most of these fans have flown in from Washington or right, Michigan. You were talking to the like, wrong please crowd. please tell him to play a hit to keep me involved. <laughs> and did he? Nah, he saved them all for the backside. So I saw like the three or four I wanted. But I mean, he was still playing hits when I left. But same thing. Like, you get a little bit older. There was people in town. I was like... Ah, screw it, man. It's 11.15. We got to go. Yeah. 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 We no. went to see Fishbone. Same thing. They played at the Crocodile. They're going to start later. I knew that, but like, I just psyched myself up all day like, all right, man. And it's not just that they're going to play later, but you're at the Crocodile. You're going to drink beer. All the stuff that goes along with it. And it's different being a Climate Pledge. It's also on a Tuesday again, night. It's also on a Tuesday night. So but, it's a school night. But the beer at Climate Pledge, it costs so much. Like, I'm not going... It doesn't mean I'm not going to show up drunk, but I'm not going to get drunk as a result of Climate Pledge. Well, the Crocodile. I mean, it normal price beers. And the bar is four feet away from where I'm watching the band. So it's kind of... That's how I had to gauge myself. Not even so much time, what time they're starting, but knowing how much booze I'm going to consume based on the fact that booze is readily available. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, look, I did the same thing at the national championship. We partied hard the day before, but that day of, it was like... Right. I want to have a few drinks, but like, this is a national championship. Like, I don't... We, we got to watch this game. Yeah, I want to watch the game sober. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Absolutely. talking about college. I wouldn't say I was sober. I talked to you. Mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were you in sounded, a good you sounded, place. You sounded fine, actually. Yeah. Uh, somebody here, as far as concerts goes, says, in 1991, I made the stupid decision to crowd surf at the Paramount at an Alice in Chains concert. I was passed towards the stage. 
only to fall headfirst into the empty orchestra pit. Broke my left arm and spent the rest of the concert at Harborview Hospital. I will never oh. do that again. No. <laughs> Mosh pit, never doing it again. I used to yeah. do it as when I was younger in my teens. Yeah, but again, you know, the older you get, you're like, I, I don't no, need to be no, in there. I, I don't need to be that close, and I do not need to be just getting pushed around for Constant. a half an hour or an hour just so I can be close enough to be able to, you know. The, the thing I'll never do, again, a stage dive. We had a show where this mosh pit just broke out, and I mean, this crowd was so enthusiastic that this entire performance we're doing, right? It never eased up. For whatever reason, it's lightning in a bottle, and it's like, hell yeah. So there's a moment in the song where I know... I could take a couple notes off, dive out there, man, and I launch my ass off stage. Because again, do you have so, your uh, bass with you? When you yeah, you got your bass with you, man, and you kind of you go backwards a little bit. And and look, maybe two months before that, uh, the band Twenty Four Seven Spies, who most people do not know, but it's one of my favorites, they played a club gig, and I remember specifically their bass player would just dive off the stage. People caught him. They're from New York. They're from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, right. But he'd roll on his back and keep playing. And I'm like, that's all. Here's my opportunity anyway. So, man, I launch my ass off the stage and it's like time just slows down. Not only are you now up in the air looking down at these people who have been jumping around and have been very enthusiastic, but they weren't in the mood to catch anyone. Not one. It parted like the mm -hmm. Red Sea. And I'm like, I'm going to hit a cement floor. And I did. And it hurt. And all I could think is, I'm never doing that again. Coming up, the uh, return of Who Sucks Less, and we've got your emails coming up next from the men's room at KISW.com. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.